Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. As you know, I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited today to be joined by 2007 graduate of our program and sincerely one of my favorite students, one of the first students that I ever had here at Cal Poly, Angie Papas Wilner. How are you, Ann? I'm great. Oh my gosh. It seems like yesterday, honestly, that you and Jerusha came to Cal Poly. I remember it so vividly. Oh man. Uh, you know, as long as it's been, you know, almost 16 years now, um, I, I remember it pretty vividly too. And, um, and I just remember, you know, how much you supported us and your, uh, your undying uh, smile in the classroom and, and being there, being there for us and not being an adversary and being excited that we were there, you know, that, that, that meant a lot. And, um, you know, I was, yeah, I was telling Anna a couple of minutes ago, it's the first time we've talked in a long time, but we, you know, we sort of stay connected through social media and whatnot. And so watching each other's kids grow up and all of that and watching your career. Um, Anne is currently the owner and event producer for Anne Wilner Events. We'll, we'll get there and we'll, we'll talk all about um, what she's done. But I, I just wanted to, to say, you know, uh, and go on record uh, to say thanks for thanks for the support back in the back in the days when I was just a young professor, not sure what the heck I was doing, and uh, and you were always there to 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 help us uh, along. So I appreciate that. Oh, it's my pleasure. You guys were so much fun. You brought some new life, and I remember being so excited about the uh, the North Carolina accent and you know your sports teams and everything. And I was like, all right, they're going to do real well here. And there you are, sixteen years later. That's right. That's right. Well, we, we didn't know what we didn't know back then, but uh, we somehow made it through. So that's good. Um, so, Anne, remind me, where, where'd you grow up? Los Angeles, California. That's what I thought. I currently am back in LA. That's right. That's what I was. I was. Yeah, I was pretty sure about that. Now, what, what did your parents do when you were growing up there in LA? You know, my dad worked in uh, the family company. We actually all kind of did. So my grandfather was the uh, watermelon and Christmas tree king of Los Angeles. Uh, oh, had, um, I love it. Watermelon in the summer and Christmas trees in the winter, right? <laughs> I mean, we're, we're talking the logo literally was a watermelon, but the bites were upside down Christmas trees in the logo, if you can envision. <laughs> I mean, we really went with it. I but big Greek family, everyone was involved. So my dad worked on the produce side of things. So he was a produce salesman. Mm -hmm. My mom, um, you know, helped support him in that. And they did some other, they were entrepreneurs. They did some other ventures where my mom was always the bookkeeper. My dad was more of the front of house sales guy. Um, and then that continued where my dad stayed in the business until he retired actually this year. And my mom has been a bookkeeper for other companies, right. uh, but we all worked in the business. Actually, I sold, started selling Christmas trees when I was six years old. We'd go to the lot with our little pads. Oh man. Then, um, I, I bet you were slinging trees left oh, and right there as a six year old. Really? I mean, we knew how to work it. I'm sure. And then we, we started the first Christmas tree auction where my cousin was the auctioneer and I was the cashier and we pushed out a tree a minute. We were very proud of that at 13. We'd get off, get out of school and run right to the lot. And that's yeah. where we were all December. 
That is awesome. Well, we'll talk more about that entrepreneurial spirit, but it's great to hear that that's, uh, that's where it started. Well, what about siblings? Do you, do you have, uh, I have two, two younger brothers. Ah. Both of them are, you know, it's, they both are around golf. They're both in golf. So they both at one point were assistant pros. One was at Mayakama up, uh, in Sonoma area. The other one's an assistant pro down here in LA at another private golf course. Oh, right. And, um, so they both have been in the sport forever, but my, uh, my middle brother, he actually has just left the golf industry about a year ago. Okay. And he is now in COVID times, he started a business with, uh, with a friend of his and he's got that entrepreneurial spirit too. He's really gone a long way. They basically do marketing and sales for, I don't know what you call it, unglorified companies like pest control and plumbing mm. and people that mm. don't really know how to sell themselves or build gotcha. a website and those kinds of things. So they're doing it for them and they're, they've been really successful in that. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you know, when you knew me, I wasn't a golf guy, but I actually took up golf in the pandemic. And so <laughs> I am, um, I am head over heels, um, over golf. In fact, I started the podcast. We were scheduled, uh, you know, right at the top of the hour. And one of the reasons why I was running in the door and opening the laptop is because, you know, I have to have two drives perfect down the middle before I can end my session um, at the range. And I couldn't get those two right down the middle. That's hilarious. You know, I actually, I took golf at Cal Poly too. I mean, I've always been a golfer, Yeah. but I remember they offered that as an extracurricular. And I was like, this is heaven. Yeah. Right on. Right out at Dairy Creek. Did you go out to Dairy Creek? Right yeah. on. Yeah. You wouldn't even recognize Dairy Creek. Now there's a top tracer facility out there. Um, Cal Poly golf has a clubhouse out there. It's pretty awesome. Oh gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. Love that's it. crazy. Well, we'll have to play golf um, at some point, but um, so, so what was um, other than, than, than being a young entrepreneur, what was, what was young and into growing up? Were you a, a sports kid, uh, surfing arts? What, what were you into? You know, a little bit of everything, but definitely sports. I played basketball in both um, what I called American League and Greek League. I am uh, 100% Greek. And so uh, the Greek churches of Los Angeles got together and created their own league. Oh, Oh, yes. Uh, Big deal. Big deal. You know, I told my friends, I got to go. I got to leave practice early. I've got Greek League practice. Uh priority. Well, I know about that growing up in the South. We had church league basketball. That's the only basketball I played was church league. And I was awful. I was terrible. (laughs) (laughs) The great thing is I I was kind of average with the American kids. Uh And then in the Greek league, I was MVP. I really was on top of the world there. Of course. You were the star. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I did a little of that. I did some uh, student council. I, you know, being Greek, I did hang out with the cousins quite a bit. That was Uh one of those, you know, like the movie. It's very similar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love that that family element is is so is so amazing. I have a a couple of um, Greek friends and one of my one of my good friends um, married into a Greek family. And uh, the I was I was a, a 
what you, a groomsman. And, um, and one of the things they tell you is the, the Greek Orthodox weddings are really, really long. And so yeah. they're like, you have to be careful of the person next to you and make sure you don't lock your knees. And, <laughs> and sure enough, one of my, one of my buddies next to me, like passed out in the middle of it and I had to grab him. And luckily I grabbed him because he would have hit the floor. <laughs> that's hysterical because that's part of, I actually was just working on a wedding right before we jumped onto this. And that's uh-huh. part of my spiel is the mm-hmm. don't stare at the candles right. because it can also be a deterrent to getting you yeah. to faint. And we've had, and it wasn't actually during a wedding though. I'm, I'm surprised it hasn't happened yet on my watch, but um, the candles lighting hair on fire by accident. Oh. That's another uh, oh, right. And then, you know, right. it's almost like the people come out of the wings to mat down the hair. Like it just happens <laughs> on the leg now. So it's not even just, it's not a big right 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 well you know it's that risk management that you learned back in the day here at cal poly that's helping you yeah (laughs) i love it so so when you were growing up anna obviously we've talked already about the entrepreneur element um did you you know every kid kind of has a dream job um did did you have that dream job growing up I certainly did. I was seven years old and I went to the movie theater and I saw Father of the Bride Ah. and I came out and told my mom, well, I'm going to be a wedding planner. I'm going to (laughs) be just like Frank. Yep. And she said, I literally never changed my tune. Uh I was always going to be a wedding planner, had box and stacks of magazines in the garage, ready to go. I wrote a letter to Martin Short, apparently at nine years old, that my mother still has framed that said, no way. I'm throwing a party at my grandmother's. I'm trying to, you know, take what I've learned from your role. It was a whole thing. Um, and then I wrote my college essay. I don't think I had one at Cal Poly, but I know the other colleges that I applied for, you uh-huh. needed the, you know, what I want to be when I grow up kind of essay. And I wrote about uh, Frank, a uh, father of the bride. That's what I did for my collegiate essay. I love it. I love it. Well, you know, we, we say that, uh, that our major was, um, w- was propped up by the JLo effect, right. Uh, from, from, <laughs> from her, from her movie, the, the wedding planner. And so, uh, so that's great to hear the father of the bride was, uh, was helping as well. So that's mm-hmm. awesome. So, so let's talk now about that transition. Um, uh, to Cal Poly, you know, down, down South, obviously where, where you, where you grew up in Los Angeles, when you say Cal Poly, a lot of people think Pomona. Um, how did you, uh, how did you find out about Cal Poly? And, um, originally I was going to go, I did early decision UNLV university, Nevada, Las Vegas. That was it. I was going, couldn't wait, figured golf out there. My grandparents were out there. It was a great program. Uh-huh. And then I went to visit the mm-hmm. actual school and thought, oh my gosh, not really what I thought. Uh-huh. Um, and so I went back to the drawing board and I had um, a cousin of mine who was quarterback of the Cal Poly football team. And he said, come up and see a game. you got to see this school. And my uh, high school college counselor said, you know, they actually have a program there that's for event management. So you should check it out. Yeah. It was, I think it was like the last week you could actually apply to state schools. I went up and I meet, I was like, well, there's no other choice. I have to get in here. How do I make it happen? Right. And, um, I, by the grace of God got in, 
and there you, the rest is history. I love it. That's awesome. I, I hear a lot of stories that are similar to that. They come to San Luis Obispo and like, whoa, okay. Uh, you know, this is a pretty magical place. But uh, so, so let's talk about your experience here at Cal Poly. I obviously, since I was here with you when when you were here, I know how involved you were and and um, and whatnot. But um, our current students, in particular, really like to hear about those experiences that were were really meaningful for you in terms of professional development. Um, mm-hmm. So that, was there something that that stood out that where, where you got involved that, that you feel like in looking back really helped you? You know, there are quite a few experiences. One that stands out, though, in a, a little bit of a different way, maybe, than the normal answer. Uh-huh. That was Kendi Root. A uh, past, past professor. Uh-huh. We had a final, and she hosted us. And I'm sure this does not happen anymore, but she hosted us at her home. Right. She made a huge bowl of chili. We had everybody was spread out, had their own little you know area to take their final. And here she uh-huh. was welcoming her us into her home, pouring right. you know, giving us chili. And I just remember thinking. I'm taking a final, yet I've never felt more warm and happy. Here I am just surrounded by good people. She's making sure it's a wonderful experience. Right. And that's kind of how I went into my event career in the sense that I just wanted people to feel that happy, warm feeling. It didn't necessarily need to be all about logistics. Um, I just wanted every guest to feel special. Right. Um, And that's kind of what started me on my journey. Um, from there. So that was just a random little one, but it's so deep in my thoughts. Yeah. Um, still, you know, it's just, it's, it's not just what happened. It was the feeling that it evoked. Right. Um, right. And, well, you know, from there to, I also worked at Firestone. So I was able to surprise and delight guests on the regular. I um, bet. I bet. <laughs> well, well, special shout out to, to Kendi. I mean, she really, um, she really had such an impact on on so many so many students over the years in, in terms of um, uh, of making them feel welcome and special. And uh, you know, I know uh, I know you're one of many um, who were impacted by her and her teaching. So uh, special shout out, Kendi. I'm sure Kendi will will listen to this one. So. Um, <laughs> Um, and we'll, and I, I need to have, I actually need to have Kendi on. I'm going to have to reach out and get her onto the podcast as well yeah. um, as an alumni of the program. Um, so, you know, one of the other things that, that our current students like to hear is, is about your internship and, and yeah. how, how you got it and what the experience was like. And, you know, um, obviously in, in it being the terminal experience, you know, we, we ideally want students to be able to, to, we want it to launch their careers and, mm-hmm. um, and, and, but, but students get super, super anxious about finding a, an internship. And so any advice that you could give along those lines, what, what it was like for you and, and, and that sort of thing. I guess the advice I'd say is, you know, you don't know where it may come from. You know, I was doing all of the regular ways of talking to my professors and putting my um, resume out there and and applying for different things. And randomly, I uh, one day was visiting friends that worked at a clothing store called Coverings. It's no longer there, but that was a, a favorite of mine. And I happened to have these 
you know, great farm fresh strawberries that I brought in to the girls. And we're like, you guys have to taste these. And there was this little five-year-old boy in a stroller who said, may I taste one, please? And I said, well, sure. And I kick up a conversation with this five-year-old boy who I proceeded to fall in love with because he was hysterical and talked like a small man. (laughs) And his mom said, you know, he doesn't have a lot of relationships like this. Would, would you care to babysit for us? And at the time, that was furthest from my mind. Here I am trying to get an internship. Right. I'm working at Firestone Grill. I already have a job. But I'm telling you, this kid just it took me by surprise. And I said, I have to. I have to get to know this hysterical child more. Right. So here I am babysitting for this kid. And his dad turns out to be uh, one of the large developers in San Luis Obispo. So as I'm going through and applying for all these jobs and internships, he stops me and just says, listen, you got to come work for me. I see how you are with my kid. I see how creative you are. I need someone like that. Let's create a role for you. And that is how I got my internship. It was not from all of the usual, you know, avenues. It was from, hey, being open to different opportunities that completely transformed into Funny enough, what was my absolute, and I'll still say it to this day, dream job. Right. Um, he hired me on as the fundraiser. <laughs> Not the fundraiser. I was the raiser of fun. Right. And, I love it. Um, it was a great experience because I wasn't just doing event planning, what I had studied. I'm doing events at all of his different properties. I'm actually learning about, you know, development, real estate, uh, Mm -hmm. working with contractors, working just all the way, you know, he was so great in actually showing me every aspect of the business. So I don't know if it was, you know, what came first, the chicken or the egg, I saw him and wanted to do it or that happened to be, you know, but it was, um, you know, you never know where it's going to come from. So take every opportunity to meet people and, Mm -hmm. See where that leads. I love I love that example, and that's such a fabulous example. I mean, because you know, when when we're out there, we never know who we're going to meet. Where that's gonna that's going to create an opportunity for us, and um, you know, not everyone has that bubbly, warm personality like you do that that can talk to anyone. Um, but just being aware that anyone that you come in contact with, you can make an impression on them, I think is just uh, such a great thing. And I love the fundraiser thing. You know, I, I think we I think we shied away from that word of fun um, in, in worrying that we were going to be labeled as not a serious major. I think um, that's one of the things that has worried people over the years in in administration related to our major. But, um, you know, with this global pandemic that we've been dealing with and and bringing fun and enjoyment and passion into people's lives, that I, I, we just, you just can't underestimate that. And um, yeah, obviously all of the logistics and all of those sorts of things that go along with management are so important, but fun and, and bringing delight into people's lives um, is, is so crucial. I don't know if you saw it or not. Did you see sports center um, the other day? They did a special on the Savannah bananas. No. Well, so the Savannah Bananas are a summer collegiate baseball team, just like the Slow Blues, mm-hmm. right? And they did a special on these guys because this um, 
This dude and his wife took over the ownership of the Savannah Bananas, and they had, and they were averaging like 200 fans a night um, at, at best, mm-hmm. and it was just like a this this depressed baseball franchise. Um, and they basically instituted fun. They created this. They just basically said, "All right." baseball secondary we're gonna have fun and they did they just it's amazing they went from 200 fans to an average of 4,000 fans oh, and amazing. um and have won the league like you know four out of the last six years and it's just this like amazing experience and you know we're gonna talk more as we go along here about this this element of co-creating experiences and I know you do that a ton in what you're what you're currently doing but um I don't think we can underestimate that fun element so i love hearing you talk about being a fundraiser that is so cool so and i gotta tell you too i mean even in my career you know i'm here to solve the problems and do the Mm -hmm. logistics like we talked about but i think what what really drove me to this particular career is the fact that the process should be the fun part, not just this one day, let's say of a wedding where everybody mm-hmm. says, you know, oh, it's all this work leading up to one day and then it's done and you spend all this money and mm-hmm. it shouldn't feel that way. That and for me, designing and, and coming up with the ideas and meeting the family members and going through, I, I always say that year of engagement, you know, is part of the entire experience. I mean, right. that should be the really fun part, not just right. this grand finale. Right. And if you, if you treat it like a, a bridezilla type mentality, you're going to create that bridezilla type mentality. But if you create it in this, in this, uh, you know, this fun, uh, fun process, this fun experience, um, then I, I think that, that, um, that's what you get out of it. So let's let's talk a little bit leading up to Ann Wilner events. Um, obviously, I'm kind of keep uh, I, yeah. we keep jumping ahead, which is natural. But um, I want to talk about that progression. You know, you had a number of um, different experiences from embassy suites to the Beverly Hills <laughs> Hotel to Citrus yeah, Hospitality and Management, and and um, and also Lolly and Pops in there uh, mixed in. So so wow. let's talk about that experience leading up to starting your own business and um, and and what those experiences were like in, in building your confidence, your skills, your connections, um, all of that. So can you talk a little bit about that process? I don't want you to go through I'll, each and every I'll, job. I know, but I'll, uh, I'll give you the, the runaround here. Let me tell you what happened. Yeah. So yeah. here I am uh, in my internship, which was my first job, Rossi mm-hmm. Enterprises. And as I said, it was my dream job. But it's funny because I started in this dream job with really no real work experience. And um, 2009 comes along. I've been in this job for two years and the crash happens and I'm working for a developer. So, you know, the writing's on the wall. He had to completely scale back. And here I am in San Luis Obispo where no one's offering jobs and I'm, you know, pretty much fresh out of college still. Mm -hmm. Very lucky to go work for Embassy Suites who needed, in my mind, an event manager. Oh, great. Here I am. I'm going to do weddings. Right. Uh, Turns out that's, yes, you're doing weddings, but really I was a sales job. I was there to help the hotel make money. And that was a huge learning experience. And, uh, you know, 
it went from the dream job of being a wedding planner when you're, you know, thinking about your wedding magazines to the real world. You know, I've got to make my numbers and I've got to make the chef happy and I've got to make sure the client's happy. And, you know, it was just, it was such an incredible um, humbling time to really learn from the ground up. Uh-huh. Uh, and I actually even had a, a CNN article written about me at that time that was the, hey, you were a victim of the the crash of 2009, but look uh-huh. how she rose from the ashes sort of a thing. Uh-huh. Um, and that that's what really drove me. It was, you know, trying to reinvent it and, and move up from there. And um, when I realized that you know, there wasn't too much upward growth in San Luis Obispo for what I was doing. And I happened to magically land an interview at the Beverly Hills Hotel, which was slightly different from Embassy Suites mm-hmm. in Luis Obispo, where my photograph oh, my was in the elevator. It has recently been removed, but it oh. was a life-size photograph of me in the elevator serving you since 2007 or what uh-huh. I Uh-huh. <laughs> So I moved back to LA and that was a very, um, another rude awakening where I was stressed out of my mind. I thought I really knew hospitality and had it under my belt. And, you know, I had my usual clientele and the clientele was a little different at um, the Beverly Hills hotel. All of a sudden I'm planning parties for Elton John. I was doing the, um, uh, campaign trail for Mitt Romney. So I oh. hosted him and, and his wife quite often working with secret service. Oh, wow. Uh, it was just very different. And I had to refine my footing and yeah. how to succeed in an environment like that. When before I was really trying to take a budget of a client and see how far I could stretch it. And now I was taking, you know, a different type of budget and seeing, stretching it in a different direction. Yeah. So it, was, it was a learning process. Um, I bet. But it was incredible, of course. And of course. It, that's really where I learned, um, as I said before, the surprise and delight, just how to, you know, it's just, it, it was, everybody was had a common goal of making it the best experience for every customer possible and not this VIP Elton John, but then this other client over here who maybe doesn't have that name. We wanted to make sure that everybody had that sort of VIP experience. Right. Um, and it's also where I met my husband who oh, right. was overseeing finance for the hotel. Okay. Uh, and once we realized we had a, a romance kindling there that's when i switched <laughs> to hospitality uh, i got to um which was great because that was more of an entrepreneurial uh arrangement you know beverly hills hotel you go there it's learning but it like it's a well-oiled machine right. and i went to um a restaurant group that was doing financially very well but needed all the systems in place so i was mm. able to go in and really create everything from, you know, operating budgets to putting in the computer systems and uh, customer relation programs and all of those things that uh, I utilize now for my own company. It was great. So I learned something from every job as I went through it, gained mm-hmm. a husband in the process. It was <laughs> great, you know. Um, right. And, well, you- oh, yeah. And then 
I slung candy for a while too. I did that too. <laughs> From Christmas trees and watermelons to candy. Yeah, I love it. That's a, that's a... <laughs> sales is sales. It just depends, you know, on the experience. Right, right, right. So can you can you think back and, and remember that moment where, where when you you had the confidence to say, you know what, I'm gonna start my own. I'm going to start my own gig. Yeah, I was um, living. We had moved from Los Angeles for my husband's job up to the Bay Area. And I uh, I knew I wanted to start a family. And you, it's tough to start a family when you're doing events because you're working crazy hours all over the map. And so I thought, hey, it's now or never. This is the time. You know, it makes sense for me. Mm-hmm. And um that's when I actually started working for Lolly and Pops as well, because I had this wonderful, supportive part-time work mm-hmm. that I knew gave me the confidence to start out on my own mm-hmm. and um, balance both. And right. so it was, it was really great because I was, you know, had the stability of a incoming paycheck, but at the same time was able to reach out to all of my old contacts, start to run my own business, create my website, all of those Mm -hmm. good things. Um, But with that, it's all calculated risks, you know, I, of course, for me, I needed that stability to be able to jump out of the deep end and, and start my own company. Right, 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 right. So now we're up to Ann Wilner events. So tell Mm -hmm. us all about um, you, you're you're both uh, Los Angeles and Napa, is that correct? Mm-hmm. Is, is is that what 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 you're doing? And um, tell us uh, tell us what you what you do um, and uh, the scope and and uh, the process and and all of that. Well, I when we lived in Napa, like I mentioned, we I started the company, and so I was doing a lot of weddings as well as wine events. Um, uh, but then I still had all my contacts in Los Angeles, where yeah, you follow the bar and bar mitzvah scene, which is a scene. How bad? And I have been doing events now all up and down California coast. I mean, that's the majority of where I do my events, but I also travel, so I'm doing a wedding in New York next year. Yeah. And part of that has come out of the pandemic, of course, where everything came to a halt. And I had to, my favorite pandemic word, pivot like everyone else and figure Mm -hmm. out, hey, what do we do here? And I created what was called the wedding advisor. So I started doing, um, for people that maybe like myself, didn't have a crazy budget for their wedding, but still wanted to have the wedding mm-hmm. um, and doing a lot of DIY things. If they didn't have the full um, budget for a wedding planner, I set them up for success. So I give them all the tools that I've learned over mm. the years and mm. put together, you know, hey, give me your number. What's your budget? Mm-hmm. And I split up the budget in what I think is the best use of that money. Ah. So I've been doing a lot of that, which has been great. And that one, of course, is via Zoom. So you can mm-hmm. do it. And I've been mm-hmm. rides all over the country, um, running my own events here, as well as, you know, it's great. I always say collaboration over competition. And I've been working with other event planners, such as Heather Fry, um, oh, right who's also an alum. Yep. And uh, Heather Barnett, she married our wonderful Dustin. So awesome. she and I um, have 
been collaborating together and working on different events. She came and did a wedding, a gorgeous wedding down in Los Angeles um, for a cousin of mine. And then I've been helping her on some events up north. And, you know, in addition to what I do, I love to work with other planners because I'm always learning something new. Right. And that, you know, as an entrepreneur, of course, I'm going to be confident, but I learn something new on every single event that I just mm-hmm. can't believe I hadn't thought of before. So it's, right. just, it's a constant evolution. I love it. I love it. And that, that lifelong learning. And um, I don't know, I, I, I feel like I feel like learn by doing sets you up along those lines. You know, that spirit of learn by doing here at Cal Poly kind of sets you up to realize that you're never going to stop learning and you're never mm-hmm. going to, or, or you shouldn't, <laughs> you know, you should never stop learning. So I love, I love hearing that. Um, so, you know, obviously we have a lot of students who are interested in special events and, and we also have a lot of students who are interested in becoming entrepreneurs. Um, so um, what, what pieces of advice would you give um, to, to those two sets of students that, that, that obviously could be intermingled as well? I would definitely say reputation. Um, I don't do a lot of marketing for myself. Mm-hmm. I say that my marketing comes from seeing me in action. So every event that I do, I tend to get an event or two out of. And that goes, you know, both for special events, but also for entrepreneurs, because you're out there hustling and trying to make it happen. And I think that if you're always putting forward the effort that you would in a sales pitch, regardless Mm -hmm. if you're on an event, that's Mm -hmm. what people remember. And, um, you know, even some weddings where it's hard because you come in and each client you have, if you're doing social events, that's a new client that now you have to win over. They Mm -hmm. don't know your past history. They haven't, you know, potentially haven't even seen you in action. So Mm -hmm. you need to make sure that they understand that everything that I'm doing for them is really for them. Mm -hmm. And you have to build that trust factor. So it's not usually until that event day where they see me, physically hustling and making sure that every, you know, that that drive is there right? and they're so pleased and thrilled by it and then leave mm-hmm. you with glowing reviews. And it yeah. really, you know, it's not, doesn't have to be just a Yelp thing, but just even that, that, you know, reference from someone else based on your reputation, that's nice. what holds. So as long as you're, you're hustling and you're trying hard and um, people see that mm-hmm. they value that. And they mm-hmm. value the trust factor with that. Right. You know, I had never really thought about it in those terms, Anne, but that's, uh, that's, uh, that's really awesome to think about, you know, whether you have 10 people in an event or 450, you know, those are 10 or 450 potential clients that, that you can impress, um, there on the spot. And, um, so that, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty, uh, pretty amazing. And, um, I can imagine being at one of your events and going, yeah, I want her to plan my event for sure. So, uh, so, uh, I know what kind of engaging and warm personality you are. And I know what, what, um, how you can put things in motion and make things happen. And so that's, um, that's pretty awesome. So, um, you know, obviously we, we talked a little bit about, um, the experience industry management, and obviously we made this shift 
to experience industry management after you left. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, really, I, I talk about it. I like to make sure that alumni understand what we've done. And, um, you know, everyone has heard me say this before, that it, it really ultimately was, was an umbrella to cover, you know, special events, mm-hmm. sport, tourism, hospitality, parks, recreation, all of those things, because we can't, you know, you can't list uh, 10 different areas, uh, and then, and then end with management, you know? And so, um, we, we saw it as an umbrella term, but what we've realized or, or what we realized after the fact is that experience design and this co-creation of experiences is that thread that connects all of these areas. And so I would imagine you see that every day um, in in what you're doing with Ann Wilner events, but um, I wonder if you can just speak to it and and whether or not it resonates with you. No, 100% resonates. I mean, when I look back into all of the experiences that I've had in terms of different jobs, uh, you know, it is, it's a kind of a little bit of a jack of all trades in certain, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. words. It's, even the sports element of things. I remember having the class where we learned about different grass <laughs> and, you know, a field. And I thought, why will I ever need to know this? This is ridiculous. Right. And guess what? We needed to know that. It's odd how, you know, then again, you're, you're building a tent out on a field. And I was like, oh, well, we need to make sure that we're not watering three days in advance or this kind of, like, I actually have recognized different grass out there before. I'm like, well, this is hard. So we're good to go or get off that grass that, you know, that the golf, you know, I did a uh, car show on a golf course. Uh-huh. So you need to know how to be really careful, which cars can go on. You know, you're not putting them on the putting green. You're putting them over here. And right. So all of these things oddly tied together and you never know when you're going to need to pull from, you know, one of those buckets of what we learned in yeah. the, uh, in the major. And, um, like another one was corporate communication. Uh-huh. That was probably one of the, the most amazing classes I've ever taken. I just remember the guy was an absolute crazy professor that would fail you. Everyone in the class for yeah. the first three fourths of the class. And at the end, you'd end, walk out with a B plus and you're like, how, I don't understand how you even came to that. Right. <laughs> you know? But really it was so useful just to learn how to, you know, I'm a, I'm a creative, right? Right. My emails were beautiful, flowery, you know, love letter. People don't have the time for that. So I learned it was probably my most valuable class of how do you put your personality across in an email Uh that's three sentences. And it's very difficult to craft. But those are the kinds of things that, you know, you need to know. It always have to use it at some point. There'll be a client that I have. Some want the flower emails. Some are, you know, a CEO of a company that's like, give it to me straight. What's the budget? I don't need anything more than that. Right. So (laughs) it it. is all experiences from every walk of life. And and that does sum it up quite well. Right. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, Anne, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking the time today. And it's so great to reconnect with you. And, uh, um, you know, they, they can't see your smiling face, but uh, it's great, great for me to, to see your face and, and remember 
I remember those times back in the classroom when I was a young professor that didn't know what the hell I was doing. And uh, to look out there and see someone like you just nodding and giving me that good energy, you know, (laughs) where I I had some who were looking at me going, "Uh, what the hell are you talking about? You don't know what you're talking (laughs) about, dude. And uh, and meanwhile, Ann was out there going, you got this. You got this. Come on. You can do it. Uh, So I appreciate I appreciate that. Appreciate that energy and appreciate your time today. And um, thanks for having me on. This was a lot of fun going down memory lane, too. I know for sure, for sure. So thanks so much. <laughs>